Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of BBP News. I'm Nicholas Rod. Chris Baker's here with me, and we are back for another Friday morning episode. Chris, start us off in the normal Friday morning fashion by giving us a weather headed into this weekend. In Los Angeles, California, it is partly cloudy, 70 degrees with a sunny weekend. In Houston, Texas, it is raining today with a partly cloudy weekend. In Chicago, Illinois, it is partly cloudy with clouds growing throughout the weekend. And in New York City, rain today, rain tomorrow, and it looks like you're going to get some mostly sunny skies on Sunday. <sighs> rain, rain, and more rain. It's that time of rain, year. Rain, rain, go away, come back another day. <laughs> Uh, we love the little singing moments here on this show. They're beautiful. They're gorgeous. But, uh, Chris, without messing around, why don't we just jump straight into the news? I agree, Nick. Let's start off with an election update. Yes, we do have some races to update you guys on and some information to give you uh, on the election front. So, to start out with, we don't have any more toss-up elections to call as of right now. None of our other toss-ups that are left in the House have been called just yet. However, on the governor's race front, we do have another one called as in Oregon. Democrat Tina Kotek has won the race for governor there. No other races have been called in the Senate as of right now. We are still waiting on a few, which I'll get to here in a second. However, first, let's look at the House situation. As 400 of 435 races have been called, just 35 left to go here in the midterm elections. And as of right now, Republicans are coming close to holding the majority as they only need nine more seats. They currently sit at 209 they need 218 to gain the majority so they only sit nine seats away uh, from taking that majority in the house How however it is expected to remain very close as things go on and close out here uh, don't expect that to completely run away it's going to be close right up to the finish line now in the senate we are still waiting on three races to be called we are still waiting on alaska arizona and nevada to be called and of course georgia is going to a runoff next month right now either party winning two races will decide who has control of the senate for the next two years two races on either side will do it as the current standing right now is democrats holding 48 seats republicans holding 49 now to round out this election update in the governor's race situation we are also waiting on three and it's the same three states alaska arizona and nevada those three states we're still waiting on their senate races and like i just said their governor's races and we will continue to update you on the election front as more information comes out and again if you want live coverage and live info on who is winning these races in the house the senate the governors make sure you go follow our twitter account the link will be in the show notes as it always is you can get live election coverage there moving on um i know many of you are probably confused about the Georgia runoff elections. It's very possible we won't know which party wins a bounce of power in the Senate until next month. Yes, you heard me correctly. Right now, the Senate races in Arizona and Nevada are still too close to call, but it's very likely this is going to come down to Georgia. And in Georgia, the race between incumbent Senator Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker is so close, we're going to a runoff. And that runoff doesn't happen until December 6th. So how did we get here? 
Well, the state of Georgia, like we told you in several episodes last week, has a law that says that if no candidate wins 50% of the vote plus one on election night, no one can be declared the winner. And and instead, the top two vote getters will face off again in a separate runoff election. When they say a candidate must win 50% of the vote plus one, that means that a candidate must have an absolute majority of the vote. To win, a candidate must get over half of the votes cast. In other words, that 50% plus one. In some states, a candidate can win by getting what's called a plurality, meaning that candidate won the most votes in a race, even if it's not 50%. President Biden took a victory lap sort of after Democrats enjoyed an unexpectedly good night on Tuesday. While it is still possible that Republicans could win the majorities in the House and the Senate, the Republican margin in the House appears likely to be narrow, and Democrats have a fighting shot of retaining the Senate majority. The president was also asked whether he plans to run again in 2024. He said it's a, quote, family decision, and they will announce something early next year. Former President Trump conceded the results of the midterm elections were, quote, somewhat disappointing, end quote, but still sought to project a positive note, saying there were a, quote, very big victory, end quote. Trump made the comment in a post on his true social platform yesterday. Trump's hand-picked candidate, Dr. Mehmet Oz, lost his race to John Fetterman to be the next Pennsylvania senator. However, Trump-backed candidate J.D. Vance did win in the Ohio race. Though in his victory speech on Wednesday night, Vance didn't mention Trump once. Despite what happened that night, Trump's team is still planning to move forward with the, quote, very big announcement next Tuesday, November 15th. Last week, former President Trump suggested that he would reveal unflattering information about Florida Governor Ron DeSantis if the two men ended up competing for the 2024 Republican presidential nominee. Speaking to reporters on his plane, a Boeing 757 known as Trump Force One, the former president said he did not know if DeSantis would run against him, but suggested that doing so would be bad for both DeSantis and the Republican Party. It was unclear what information Trump may have about DeSantis, though the statement echoed a threat he made to, quote, spill the beans about Heidi Cruz, the wife of Republican Senator Ted Cruz of Texas, during the heavily contested 2016 presidential primary. But Trump, who referred to the Florida governor as, quote, Ron DeSanctimonious at a recent rally in Pennsylvania, also denied that there's any dispute between the two men. After we set the clocks back, did anyone wonder whatever happened to that bill that passed in the Senate to do away with the clock changes? We actually reported back in the middle of March that the Senate passed the Sunshine Protection Act, which would permanently extend daylight savings time from eight months a year to all year round. Since March, that bill has set in the House, and it has not come up for debate. And Democrats and Republicans, believe it or not, are being flooded with thoughts from voters. This bill does not have a set time for a vote in the House yet. And after this week, it is very unlikely they will take it up at that point either. They have other issues to handle, like the debt ceiling, as well as the government shutdown. 
Another student loan forgiveness challenge to the Supreme Court has been shut down by Justice Amy Coney Barrett. We reported last week that a conservative legal firm on behalf of two Indiana student loan borrowers were asking the Supreme Court to block the forgiveness program because they saw it would unduly burden them with state taxes. Well, last Friday, Justice Amy Coney Barrett, like she did just a few weeks prior, denied the request for the emergency petition to be heard. Yeah, and she gave no reason why and she doesn't have to. It's her decision because she oversees the lower court that threw out their case because they had no standing to file it in the first place. But the program is still on pause because of the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals temporary block of the program while they consider the case brought by six GOP-led states who say the president usurped the power of Congress by forgiving $10,000 or $20,000 of student loan debt on his own. We're still waiting for the Eighth Circuit to rule on the case. Getting into rapid news, Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin said he apologized to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi in a personal note for his remarks in the wake of the attack on her husband, Paul Pelosi. And David DePap, the man accused of violently attacking Paul Pelosi, has been indicted by a federal grand jury on assault and attempted kidnapping charges. Nick, what do you got for Friday morning good news? All right, so for my story this morning, we have a bit of a hero story, uh, but in, in a slightly different way as two officers managed to save the life of a one-month-old child. Now, this baby was suffering from RSV, which is very common right now. Uh, it's a respiratory illness, if you don't know, that is uh, very dangerous and very fatal to infants and young children. And it's been kind of on a spike right now, and little Kamaya was suffering from it as well, and she actually had stopped breathing, but two officers that responded to a 911 call uh, about this issue managed to get her breathing again and get her to the hospital, and she is recovering. She is doing well now. The two officers did end up visiting her uh, later while she was recovering in the hospital, but just a, a miracle. She had stopped breathing for about 30 seconds before miraculously uh, starting up again and breathing again, and these two officers really just saved her life heroes absolute hero and you know rsv is one of those things that for you know anyone that's an adult or older you know in their teens you don't really think about it's very minor it's nothing to really worry about but in, in young children infants it's, it's scary it really is yeah. and these two officers saw it up close but managed to you know see it through and, and save her life absolutely amazing that is the end of this Friday morning news episode. We will be back here Sunday morning with what to expect for the week of November 13th. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> but uh, until then, enjoy the start to your weekend, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye.